Cartoonist or comic artist? TV or film? Rock, hip hop, or jazz? In the Podservation, we debate the importance and relevance of categories. Do they help an audience find what it's looking for? Or do they put creative types in a box? Are categories mostly in service to companies who want to sell us things? In nerdy circles, categorization definitely matters. Try calling Star Wars an action movie or refer to the Mandalorian as a superhero and see what kind of looks you get. It will not go well. We close out the pod by debating in which categories a few movies, TV shows, musicians, and artists should be placed. As always, thanks for listening. No, I saw people that have the careers and, and, and longevity that they do uh, for more than like one more than, more than more than several years. It's kind of rare, and that you can really appreciate when you see like lifetime lifelong achievements and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what we think of the artist, there's still the fact that he has some kind of staying power in the public eye is quite quite miraculous. I'll give you a funny example of that. Okay, you would never have convinced me that the Yin Yang Twins would ever have anything that anybody wanted to listen to <laughs> yeah. beyond Whistle While You Twerk. Right. Like, I thought that was it. Okay, I was like, oh, this is a novelty. Right. But, you know, they did other things. You know, they you know they did Get Low with, with you know, with uh, Lil John and the East Side Boys. Okay, okay. Uh, Shake Your Tail Feather, the, uh, the Whisper Song. That was wow. another one of their songs. Wow. And I want to say there's maybe one other. So they've got like five solid hits that people would be like oh god damn that's crazy now you know the problem with that yo is because they sound so much alike i thought they're all i thought they're all one song (laughs) it's like it's like you know it's like okay what's the way you twerk kind of sounds like get low kind of sounds like the other song kind of sounds like the other song it's like okay they're virtually indistinguishable from each other as far as my perspective goes so it's like if i go into if we're going to a club you know, I hear one. So, oh, that's that's a Yin Yang song. That song, not songs. You know, songs. That's not one of their songs. It's you just know? that song. That's the whole catalog, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Very strange. Very strange. Yeah. I do think, man, that you are the perfect person to have a discussion mm-hmm. about categories and genre. Okay. And whether they matter, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, you were very vocal, you know, on the podcast, you know, years ago about a couple of things. One, you said that we were talking about uh, Gotham Central, the comic book. Okay. Brubaker and uh, Michael Lark, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said at the time that you had a hard time appreciating uh, certain genres in comics because you felt like they were better served in other mediums. Mm. You know what I'm saying? As You remember that? I do. I do remember that. Yeah. Strangely enough, yeah, you know, and and you know when you when you articulated it, then I was like, wow, okay, yeah, that actually does make sense, you know, for certain people. It's like, okay, like you know, does comedy really work in comics? Well, not as well as movies and film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does horror really work in comics? And eh, not as well as, as as TV and film, you know. Right, right. So, and I and I, I, that stuck with me. And then the other thing I remember is, is you were the first person I remember. And this was during the transition when the streamers were really starting to create their own content. Okay. And, um, you know, beyond your HBOs and, you know, and Showtimes and, and Cinemax and things of that nature, you know, where you, you know, Prime started having their own series and then, you know, Netflix and so on and so forth. You you were early on a progenitor of 
I prefer, you know, you you like films, you enjoy feature films, of course, mm-hmm. but you prefer television for for a lot of the storytelling because you could spend more time and stretch stretch things out. You don't have to hammer it all together in two hours or two and a half hours or whatever. You know, you could really spend time with the characters. It, it could be a slow burn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a slow boil, whatever you know metaphor you choose you choose to uh, to make. And that was else that was also something that stuck with me because. Again, as we discuss categories and genre, um, it's just interesting that you, you know, you had those perspectives. But mm-hmm. well, thanks, man. Yeah. I, I just always felt as though, you know, in regards to um, dealing with um, a certain medium and trying to um, uh, get your message across and get and and to and to get people to to tell your story, right? Tell your story and appreciate your world you're better off doing it in certain ways, in certain mediums, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And because comics is one of our first loves, you know, I saw how, how it immediately was, was um, better off in certain kinds of episodic uh, uh, transformations, if you will. If you're, if you're going to take it from, you know, from one medium to the next, um, you're better off taking something like Gotham Central, for example, into a long-form television series and trying to compress it into a, uh, you know, t- one, one movie type situation. Right. Right, because you do inevitably. It's an ensemble cast, so you inevitably do a just injustice to some of the characters, which can lend more to the story development. And I I agree with that. And I think you could probably, for the most part, you could probably say that about comics in general, because comics are more similar to television than they are film. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you have standalone stories, you know, four and five issue arcs, or you know. a trade, a collected trade of a particular story or even a graphic novel, certainly. But, you know, comics are monthly, you know, it's it's monthly storytelling. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's monthly installments. And mm-hmm. so it's more similar to television than it is to films, which is one of the reasons why the whole uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe was such an interesting thing, because it essentially turned moviegoers into comics fans, waiting on the next movie, you know. Even though it might be a year and a half from now, two years from now, mm-hmm. it's like, damn, how do you how do you get people? Yeah, committed. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's only only Star Wars was able to do that. Where you know they come out with these prequels, you know, what 15, 17 years later yeah. or something. Yeah, after and, the fact, for sure. Yeah, and it's like, damn, and you know, and people were right there, you know, ready and waiting. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, opening day. Yeah, so it's it's very weird. But I do want to ask you, what is your relationship with things like category? And genre, like, what are your earliest memories of being aware as a kid that you liked a certain kind of thing and that this thing over here was different from that thing over there for these reasons? And that's why I'm drawn to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because science fiction is not really the same thing as superheroes, but I mean, they're in the same under the same umbrella, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But. You know what I'm saying? What are your what are your earliest recollections of oh this this is what I'm drawn to as opposed to that? Uh I would say um my earliest recollections of like like genre television was strangely enough was like uh I think I might have been it's gonna sound real strange when I say this. I might have been in the crib man watching the televised version of Mission Impossible. You know, watching a watch with with that that, that theme music. (laughs) 
those those transitions and that music. I mean, and the, the fuse burning so fast, it it it, it made an impact on me. It's like, wow, this is a what's going on in the situation, you know? It, mm-hmm. it, and that that kind of that elevated my expectation of what I expected all the other things to be like in relation to movies and, and television and stuff goes. But when I first really, really realized that what genre I was getting involved with, which is my favorite, which was the space genre at that time, was when I started look, looking at movies, television shows like UFO with my pops, you know? Okay. Or um, Space 1999. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And I, and I, I liked I liked Space 1999 more than I liked, okay, I know this is, this is heresy, more than I liked Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Given that Star Trek was like a 60s thing, a late, a late 60s, 70s thing, and 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 what the British did essentially, they were like they called the UFC, might have been UFC or some of the uh, some, some of the kind of Canadian company. They took the the, the bare bones essentials of storytelling that um, you know Star Trek kind of made famous, and they and they and they they upped it with the um, special effects, arguably, but the design ethic was really there. It was much stronger to me. Like mm-hmm. the ships they had there are much closer to what NASA would have produced versus what some kind of fictional race would have come down to give you to make their first, you know, hyperdrive, what it was they had for warp drive for, right. you know, it, it, it was, they essentially had a budget. Is what did, you're yeah, saying. Ba- yeah, basically, basically <laughs> they had a budget and there was, there was some intentionality to, to making it seem realistic, which is weird because, and Star Trek was really just sixties. It wasn't seventies. It okay. was sixties. Totally sixties. Okay. All it was was sixties. But, sense. um, but no, and that that's that actually that actually makes sense to me mm-hmm. because and even like what you said about Mission Impossible, like I remember like the Avengers, mm-hmm. yes, you man. the British duo, the yes. Avengers, yeah, Emma Peel, yeah, yeah, and uh, the Space Family Robinson, yes, you know, warning, we're Robinson, warning, danger, danger, warning, you know, <laughs> you know, Doctor Smith, and oh god, yeah, you know, um, you know, all of that stuff, and all of it having elements of you know, fantasy and science fiction and things that I was I was being drawn to at the same time, like you said. Mm-hmm. But I do remember, and, and I want our conversation to to go into all areas. You know, certainly, you know, television, movies, but also comics. You know, art, right? Um, really, anything, really, anything, writing, anything. But I can remember like being a, a teenager and walking the aisles in a record store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, you know, you had sections, you had categories of music. So you had you had rock, you had R&B, you had country, you had classical and then you had like soundtracks. And that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. No, no punk. No, no, uh, no, punk no, no, no. That's a sub. That's a subcategory. You had to go to the used record store okay. to see that. Okay, right, right, right. <laughs> but if you went to Turtles or wow. Peppermint Music or, <laughs> you know, Peaches, yo. Peaches or Tower <laughs> Records, any of that stuff. Right. They didn't have those subcategories at first. It was just those, basically those, what, five categories, and that's it. Right, right. And and that was perplexing to me because at the time, you know, I was a big Prince fan. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Prince has all, elements of all of that stuff right. in his music. And not really. I mean, to be honest, you know, Prince is always making like soul and funk or whatever. But it'd be tinged with rock or it'd be tinged with a country vibe or tinged with a classical vibe, but I mean, he was always really making funk music and, and soul music, exactly. so to speak. Yeah. But. Don't worry. I won't hurt you. I only want you to have some fun. 
But I remember thinking, you know, that's 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 not cool. And and then kind of like shitting on the idea of separating things into categories or to limit things to a genre because I felt like it was confining to the artist. And by artist, I just mean anybody who's creative and who's making something. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it took a long time for me to really understand that to some extent, separating it and, and having a category or having a genre really was important to me mm -hmm. because if, if you were talking to somebody and it was mixed company, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you're talking with some coworkers, you know, and, and one of them says, oh, I really love Star Wars. That's that's a great action movie. Right. So, like you, you bristle. You, right, 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 <laughs> like you just did. Right, right, right. Like, the fuck? What? Right. <laughs> what exactly does that mean? You know mean? what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, it's like okay, you okay, so you, oh, so you're you're basic is what right, you're right, telling right. me. Basically, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you know, or if someone said, you know, oh, you know, Terminator was a fantasy movie, you'd be like, fantasy, right? I mean, right, not really, you know, or right, Mandalorian is a superhero. What? What? Yeah. You <laughs> what are you watching? You don't, you don't really get this, do you? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. So. Anyway, I just I just remember, you know, being young and, and kind of pushing against that, mm -hmm. you know, young me. But then as I got older, I realized, OK, those things do matter. You know, it does matter to me if you call someone a comic artist versus a cartoonist mm -hmm. or if you refer to someone as a, a director. Are you a director in, in film or a director in television? Or, or even my, my, my biggest bristle, as you know, for a fact, is I, I don't like the idea of, of musicians calling themselves artists. I don't. You, know, you don't care for it? No, no. You're a musician, you know, which means you, 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 you sing stuff. You may be creative. I'm not denying your creativity. But to me, art is something that's, this is wrong. This is my limitation in terms of my ability to, to, to separate visual from, 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 from audio. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, the images you may be. The images you may be striving for and, and doing and creating verbally through audio sensibilities is not the same as a drawn picture that has been put down by somebody that's a, a physical artifact that they can hold. You know, and that's why that's why I have the, the, the there's a schism there for me. Now as I get older I realize how silly that is, you know. Right. You know, but I mean the the when I first started listening to the idea of these new new artists, these new these new musicians call themselves artists, it's like, no, you're you're not an artist. You you sing real good. <laughs> you play real you play good. Real good. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you know, it, what's funny about that is is again as categories go, mm -hmm. so for instance, you know, in most cases, we would consider a musician someone who plays a musical instrument, right? Right. And then the person who sings is the singer. And in some cases, the person who plays may also sing as well. Mm -hmm. But the singer is considered the singer, and the musicians are the ones who are considered the ones who are the ones who are, who play instruments. Right. And yet, they're all musicians. Yeah. A singer is a musician. It's true. You know what I mean? It's just because they don't play an instrument doesn't mean that they're not a musician. Right. But we categorize them differently for some reason. And like you're like you're talking describing, I'm not exactly sure why. Mm -hmm. You know that's those separations uh, exist uh, to some extent. But anyway, I I do think that category and genre are different. Mm -hmm. They're not exactly the same thing. They're they're certainly in the same family. So, for instance, I, I was I was reading this uh, this this article. It was a blog post by this uh, this uh, uh, woman named Janie Burton, right? Okay. She's a writer and an editor and a consultant. She was talking about the publishing industry and all, working with authors and 
you know, and all that kind of stuff and how the publishing industry, you know, categorizes to try to sell the books and get them to the, you know, get them to the audience that, that they have to, they have to. Yeah. 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 But, but everybody kind of has to, but specifically for books, which is a much smaller market than television or movies or, or music, you know, it's a much smaller audience that they're selling to. So they have to be very, very targeted. Mm -hmm. And she said that category, she's speaking about writers and about authors, but you could apply it to other things that we're going to discuss. She says, uh, category is a broad term referring to general aspects of the book's content and audience, such as fiction, nonfiction, children's, or YA young adult books. Okay. Genre is a type of subcategory that tells you more precisely about the book's content, and I'll say also about the themes. Okay. Examples being like science fiction, crime, history, memoir, and so on. Okay. Okay. So you see what I'm saying? Like the difference would be for, for music, okay, is it the category would be is it popular music? Is it a soundtrack? Is it a score? Is it instrumental? You know what I'm saying? Those are categories. Okay. The genres would be like rock, pop, dance. Soul and R&B, hip hop, metal, you know, indie, whatever. Those would be the genres. Right. That makes sense. Sure. For for artists, a categories would be, you know, are you a cartoonist? Are you a comic artist? Are you an illustrator, concept artist, animator, you know, uh, character designer, mm-hmm. graphic designer, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the genre could be anything. You know, you could be telling any kind of story you want, you know, within those realms, if you're even telling a story. A concept artist isn't necessarily telling a story. Right. Uh, they're just trying to conceptualize something so that it can be translated into film. It's really just, you know, like a document to get you from here to there, you know, or an image to get you from here to there. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. More or less. I mean, I, I, I would kind of, I'll, my only pushback on that would be that they they really are, the artists that are doing it are doing it with a story in mind. So they're trying to convey the character enough to be able to tell a story to where it looks like it's soluble for the person they're doing it for the, or the company they're doing it for. So that, so they, yeah, but but that's that's not necessarily true though, because a lot of times those guys are and gals are being hired while things are in development. There is no script, there is no finished product or finished story. It's just this is a you know it's being pitched to them. This is what we need is a character that reads this way in this kind of an environment or this kind of an atmosphere. Right, and that that may be weeks, months, you know, a year before the thing finally starts to crystallize, and they say, oh, that's so true. That's I, true. I, I do think it, it, it there they are more. They're they're just trying to get an idea right. that they're, someone they're, can, they're in the blue sky era at that point. Yeah, the blue sky exactly. Yeah. That's 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 the perfect term for it. But mm-hmm. um, or a, the you know the perfect way to talk about it. Film a categories for film would be is it a feature film? Mm-hmm. You know, which a feature film is really just anything I think over forty minutes mm-hmm. is considered a feature. Uh, is it a short film? Is it an independent film? Independent film? Is it a documentary? Mm-hmm. And then the genres could be anything, you know, like, you know, any movie or whatever. TV, is it a long running series? Is it a limited series? Is it a mini series? Is it a network show? Is it a streamer show? And if it's a streamer show, it's kind of our, it might be a long running series or a limited series. It could be all of those things. Right. And again, the genres could be anything. But talk a little bit about, man, um, take, take us back to 2005. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> jump in the Wayback Machine. <laughs> Wow. And take us back to 2005, because I remember, you know, this is certainly pre-podcast, pre-sidebar, where, you know, you went out to California, San Francisco specifically, (laughs) and, you know, you were in the midst of all of those terrific concept artists. And at the time, concept artists 
was just becoming a thing. It was just becoming a term that yeah. you would use to categorize a specific person who worked on the, uh, you know, the production of a film. And I remember you talking about it, and I was like, what are you talking about? Right, right, right. What, you know, what are you talking about? You know, because I knew, obviously, that somebody did those things, but that it, that it wasn't a name for it. I knew what a storyboard artist was in film. Right. And I knew what production designers were. And I knew, you know, there were people who, if you had art used you know, art or whatever in, you know, in your story that you were telling that somebody had to, you know, make that. Right. You know, for the character to pretend that they were the ones who created it. But, you know, talk a little bit about that and and, and your kind of understanding of, okay, wow, this is like a new category of artist. Yeah, it, it was weird, man. Honestly, um, I guess, I you know, my first initial idea of what uh, constant art was, was like, like you were stating, from the 70s, you know, there was the art of Star Wars, you know, and that's what we saw Ralph McQuarrie's name and Joe Johnson's name, people like that. So mm-hmm. you're very aware of the people that were actually behind the scenes making this work for very specific movies and things like that. But to go into a room, into a group of people, they're all doing this for a living, was quite mind-numbing, overwhelming, dude. And specifically back in 2005, when I first discovered, or maybe 2004, when I first discovered uh, ConceptArt.org, they were, they were... Uh, on the cusp of becoming, I won't say a movement because they never thought of themselves as such, but they were definitely in the cusp of being making the overall populace aware of what could be. Um, it was it was an emerging field industry or sub industry or exactly field. Yeah. yeah 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 um, a categorization if you will of of artists mm-hmm. you know um, and and it just felt it felt it felt so right man um, I went in there and and uh, I went there flew out to San Francisco like you said. My second time out there in San Francisco. First time I was out there with um, my friend Bernard and Nancy uh, seeing craft work. And um, I went out there and it was like uh, just a totally immersive experience. It was people from all across the world came to converge in San Francisco at that moment. And it was really weird. It was back when I didn't even know how to quickly uh, properly pronounce Nomen, you know. And um, mm. I, was, mm. I, was, I was like, okay, I should have put the two together considering it was G and O, but that... Uh, where they chose to break the suffix off, it was weird to me. So I, I was like, I think I got on national television, some local television, saying something like Genomen, like an idiot. Right, right. So it's like, you know, this is, well, this is this is not gynecology, Dwight. This is not some kind of, you know, this is this is something. <laughs> emphasis on the words is not in the G. It's it's a it's a <coughs> the G is, is silent. But anyway, right. um, well, I I I you know I met uh, you know um, Andrew Jones for the first time. I met. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, the uh, primary um, people who would have become massive black. You know, I met um, Marco Djurjevic. I met, you know, um, you know, all these various um, luminaries in the concert art field. Was West there? Westbert was there. You know, Westbert okay. was there. Yeah, but he wasn't. I mean, he was. He was one of the. He was one of the first, but he was very quiet. You know, he's he's one of those guys that were kind of. You know, he he you know carry a big stick and, and, and don't and, and, and talk soft you know he's one of those mm-hmm. guys um and i met uh, uh kemp um uh Rimmelard. kemp came actually with from georgia so we we're on the same plane together mm. and it was in another another guy that were that was there um that we all flew in the same plane together and we didn't hotel we didn't room together because san francisco being a large place i booked my room in advance where i knew where i could be and i'll, I'll walk to the convention center yeah, that I remember those days, and I remember you telling me those stories. And again, at the time, it was like, okay, wow. So it took a few years after that until we actually started the podcast mm-hmm. before I really gained a certain amount of respect and love, my own appreciation and love 
for concept art and concept artists and what they do and 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 that emerging movement that you were talking about with conceptart.org and with massive black and and then of course you know we've we've had many of those folks you know oh, yeah. on the podcast previously oh, yeah. and interviewed them oh yeah um so but like in thinking about again these categories and breaking things down mm-hmm. you know like we think about television and we think about movies or film mm-hmm. but you know they make movies strictly for television yeah remember used to, we used to have the abc movie of the week yeah yeah <laughs> so wow. you know you had stuff like uh Brian's song with you know Billy D. Williams oh, wow. and James Conn yeah. and uh, yeah. what it comes down to is that JC had a notion here and that seems to think it's a good idea. We'd like you and Brian Piccolo to room together. You had me worried. I thought it was something really. Say this is something really. Man, you're talking about a white man and a black man rooming together on a team that's never been done before. What JC is saying is that there may be some pressures, severe ones. The Trilogy of Terror with Karen Black. Remember oh that? Oh, my God, that, yeah. t- that tiki doll came to life yeah, and started chasing her. Yeah. yeah Stabbing yeah. her in the ankles with his, with his spear. Yeah, and, it was creepy, dude. Uh, duel with uh, Dennis Weaver. You know, that was uh, Steven Spielberg's first uh, first movie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, technically it was, yeah. That's funny. But, but you remember, those movies of the week were not super regarded, high, highly regarded. Like, they were considered, you know, production value was less... Um, they were a little more forgettable. You know, it wasn't like, you know, Poltergeist comes out or E.T. comes out and it's an event or whatever. It's like, oh, it's a movie, TV movie. Yeah, whatever. Right, you right, know, we, right. we kind of treated it treated it uh, differently. But, but you know, everything has categories. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are categories of restaurants, you know, where, you know, we would think of like Waffle House or Golden Corral. It's kind of like a more of a family style. Right. Uh, or maybe not Waffle House because they fight in Waffle House. But. <laughs> That's for sure. It's like, wow. Uh, wow. But, you know, like IHOP and Denny's, those are more family-style places. And then we think of, you know, like Chili's and Applebee's would be more like a young person's, you know, dating. You know, that's where they would go to eat or whatever. And then you got like your more your high-end five-star restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, like a uh, Ted's Montana Grill. Bones, Bones. Bones yeah. or, uh, or or uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, you know, is, right. you know, it's more of a five-star, you know. You know, it's 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 an event, but we think about everything differently in terms of categories and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But certainly, we think about you know creative things in that way. So let me ask you: the really basic question being is is do you think that categories and genres are helpful, and if so, how are they helpful? Or do you think that they are or can be harmful, and how are they harmful, and who are they harmful to? Okay, uh, well, both ways. It's, it's it's a double edged double edged sword, right? Because you're looking at okay categories for the layman and for people for individuals um, that are trying to find a certain set of something um, or trying to find energy in something to try to find um, you know the latest book that they're interested in. If it's not categorized, they're not going to find it. I mean, it makes that it makes that job of finding that, that much harder, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what it does it. it it also helps because it helps set up, help, it helps to uh, set up expectations. Like you know, okay, if I like this particular type of you know creator, this particular type of uh, comic book artist, you know, then I'm gonna like I might like this other work they did as well because now they're you know that category is, is situated where they're all around the same. You know, I remember going to Oxford Bookstore many 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 moons ago uh, back in Peachtree Battle how 
he had uh, those categorizations set up. You know, it was like you had mm-hmm. you had you had your your indies here. You had your your skin flicks, your, your skin flicks with your skin mags here. You had your you had your you know uh, DC Marvel their own categorizations in their own right. Um, and, and underground underground comics, yeah. you know, over here, you know. Yeah, and all those were very helpful because inevitably as you walk by to get to that thing you're trying to get to as far as categories go, you you would, you know, brush against something that you never thought of looking at before. Like I wasn't thinking about Dave Sims Cerebus at all, mm-hmm. you know, but there it was. It was, there, it was there in front of me. So I took a look at it and was like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know. I was thinking about Bob Burton's Flaming Carrot at all, but there it was. It brushed up against me. Right. There it was. You know, even, even my first time seeing Stealth Freeze, uh, Psychops. I wasn't even no damn Psychops, you know, but they're... Yeah, of course. <laughs> right, right. But, but Brian Stealth Freeze's art drew me to it, you know. I was like, okay, this, this is cool. It's that kind of thing. So, in that way, um, categories are, are good. Um, they, they help you to find and narrow down if you have a certain interest in a way of looking at things uh, or looking for certain things. They help you to find your your category and not waste time not and and get more out of that moment um they're good the way they're bad is uh for um the same reason that once you categorize something if it's incorrectly categorized you're scaling it down you are essentially taking it from what it was supposed to be for perhaps your listeners, as well as what, you, what was supposed to be for the creators. And you're putting it into this box saying, this is where you belong so that we can either sell you or market you to the masses where we get the most bang for the buck. And, and to your point of miscategorization, so if you call something... Cyberpunk. Well, I was thinking like from music, if you call something, let's say you call something soul, but it's really R&B. Mm-hmm. To a certain person whose ear and is really fine tuned, they're like, "No, oh, that's not R and B." And so, mm-hmm. people who like soul music are going to miss it because it's been categorized as R and B. Or if they like R and B, it's going to be missed because it's categorized as soul. And like, kind of like what you're saying is, is it is a way for the audience to find things mm-hmm. that are similar to what they already like. So, you know, if you like a tribe called Quest and you grew up listening to a tribe called Quest, well, you might like. Talib Kweli, and you might like Lupe Fiasco. Mm-hmm. There's there's some common DNA there. If you like uh, Walter Mosley's novels, you know detective stories and thrillers, you might like Gillian Flynn. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, you know she wrote you know Gone Girl and Sharp Objects and you know and other things. Um, if you like N.C. Wyeth as a painter, you might be drawn to Greg Manchester's mm-hmm. work. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's some there's some commonality there that you know. So if it's not categorized correctly. Or if it's not because rec- really all of the categoriz- categorization is trying to do from a, a selling point is to get you to pick this up right, as right. well. If you right. like that, you right. might like this. You, we see that on Netflix and and Hulu and well. If you watch this, you might you might actually like watching that too. Exactly, you know? exactly. You know, um, right. I guess maybe that speaks to the uh, to the metadata, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, aspect of it. Yeah. But yeah, man, and also I mean, but and, and but the, the more negative side of that, of course, is when you when you find yourself categorized as something that you're not, you know, um, right. like um, I think for a while, rap music for actually category it was it was linked into it was linked it was pushed into R and B into 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 soul, wasn't it? You know, like right. So it's like maybe so, yeah. It's like wait, wait a minute. Well, yeah. probably by the early to mid '90s, there was a rap section, mm-hmm. but for a long time. 
I don't remember. I don't know if I remember there being a rap section in in Peppermint Music or in Turtles or yeah. Tower Tower yeah. Records. Eventually, you know, they had everything. They had a, a electronica, and then you had you know acid jazz, and then you had trip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, which are all kind of similar, and they're certainly all related, mm-hmm. but they're not exactly the same thing. So you had sub subcategories of things. You know, you had different kinds of punk. You had power punk. Yeah. You had uh, uh, punk rock, you know, yeah. you had uh, punk hop or whatever, you know, where you know, it was like, <laughs> I just made my own, my own right. hyphenated category. But that's kind of the other thing, too, is, is the idea of multi-hyphenates, you know, where you have someone who category-wise is a writer and an artist mm-hmm. in comics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or someone who works in animation who is a storyboard artist and they're a character designer they can do both Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know or someone who um in music who is not just a singer and not just a performer but is also a songwriter and a producer and can do those other disciplines or um you know just just in other ways where we find oh wow this this person is a multi-hyphenate or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like a film you know be like oh it's an action comedy it's not just a comedy there's action too right right yeah. Yeah. You know, so something else that uh, Janie Burton said, and I, I wrote it down because I thought it was interesting. She, and she was talking about metadata. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She said, uh, if metadata is something that you're hazy about, uh, think about it as a digital version of something like a card index. Card index. Do you remember the Dewey Decimal System oh, in, yeah. in high school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could you not? Yeah, but you know the the purpose of that is is to link common categories and keywords to help you find a relevant book, even when you only know broadly what kind of book you're looking for and don't have a title or an author name for which to search. And I can remember being in high school or in grade school or in elementary school. We didn't have middle school here in Georgia at the time. Um, I can remember being a kid and, and being a voracious reader, and you know I'm reading like. Uh, the Great Brain series by John D. Fitzgerald. Wow. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, the, uh, you know, the librarian saying, well, if you like that, you might like Harriet the Spy, mm-hmm. you know, by uh, Louise Fitzhugh or Roll Thunder, you know. Um, and then eventually, you know, those, you know, one thing takes you to another because if they're categorized correctly, you say, oh, if, if you like that, you'll like this. So, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you get to, you know, Mari Sendak and uh, E.B. White, you know, Charlotte wow. Webb. Wow. And, wow. and then maybe wow. even. Eventually on to more mature things like Judy Bloom, you know, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And, right, right. You know, things things of that nature as well. But I, I remember those days and I remember the importance as a kid of if if you like Beverly Clara and you like Ramona and Beezus and Henry Huggins, then you might like this too. Mm-hmm. And one thing leading me to another. And similarly, like when I became interested in comics and eventually became interested in art and picture making, where you know, I'm reading an interview with Howard Chaikin. He mentions a guy named Baron Story. I'm like, who's Baron Story? Yeah, yeah. You know, or Bill Sienkiewicz mentions Bob Peake. Mm-hmm. Or Kelly Jones talks about, you know, Gustav Klimt, you know, which I already knew who Gustav Klimt was at the time. But, right. but you know, these things being related to one another and, and, um, and how you kind of, you know, the categorization, like you pointed out in your, in your earlier you know, the earlier point you were making is, is it does help you to find things that you're looking for. But the, the dark side of it is 
something can be miscategorized. You know, oh, it's it's an action comedy, and it's like eh, it's really just an action movie with a few jokes in it. It's not really an action comedy. Right, right. That's that. That's not what makes it an action comedy. Running Scared is an action comedy. Beverly Hills Cop is an action comedy. Um, the Blues Brothers, I guess, could be like an action comedy, more like a comedy with action in it. I guess. Right, but, right, right. But you know what I'm saying. But it's like if you mischaracterize something, that's the dark side. That's the part of the dark side. And then also, if someone can do more than one thing, like you know, you may have an actor who's categorized as a comedic actor. Like I'm sure Paul Rudd would love to do something other than comedies, right? And things where he's funny, but he's so goddamn funny, right? Nobody's gonna buy him being serious. Maybe they will eventually. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Paul Rudd might have a serious role in him that he can play. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned this earlier, and I was thinking the same thing. Do, do we think that categories and genres are mostly in service to companies who are trying to sell us this thing that got made as opposed to, you know, like, I don't think that George Clinton and James Brown have any problems saying that, hey, I am a funk musician. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they have any problem with that. They really didn't do things other than that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm sure Prince would love to have been, I can do anything. You know, I can, don't box me in. You know, I can I can do anything, you know. And um, Taylor Swift went from being a country artist to now she's a pop artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She makes top 40 pop music. You know, her, her stuff doesn't sound country at all at anymore. All. Yeah. And you and you never you never really saw transitions like that work in such a big way. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it's mostly for companies to be able to sell stuff? Oh. And you think so? Indubitably. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, man. Okay. I mean, it's, it's definitely designed so they can put, you know, the massive amount of eyes and ears in front of the audience, which they think that you portray. You know, and. When it comes to like mugs that are trying to like branch out and do something else beyond what their record companies want them to do, they get they get pushback. It's like, no, we want you with this producer, especially nowadays. You know, we want you to do this. You know, you you know you, you think you want to do this, but the numbers say you should be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that's that's a problem because you, know, you if you're locked into a deal, you get to, you have to do to honor that deal or end up with nothing. You know, so you get to try and kind of maximize, you know, that time and, and do what you, try to get enough of yourself in there, too, while you're doing it. You know, um, so it's just a tricky situation. Like, I can't imagine one of the things about Bill Sienkiewicz is, he, he, you know, as a reference point, he always showed that he was a changeling in a lot of ways. Like he showed what he was capable of doing. Like you, you expected some painterly, crazy, freaky shit from Bill Sienkiewicz. Yeah. And when, uh, and when you got a really stable illustration out of him, you're like, damn, this is still, this is still, this is still you know, Bill, but it's got that little luster to feel to it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, right. You know, so you, so you, you had, you had polished Bill and then you had freaky Bill. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, but you, but you got, but you got Bill. So I think, you know, all businesses are trying to do is make money. So they're going to, so, so they want to, they want to have a, a solid marketable project they can put into a category where it's going to make them the money that back on their investment they're putting into it. So, and that, that in and of itself is not evil, but you find yourself trying it's, to... It's, it's, where, it's where commerce and art collide. Exactly. It's where 
they're they become strange bedfellows. Exactly. To a certain extent. Exactly. Like to your point. To your point. As far as art, as far as artists goes, I keep going back to musical artists for some reason because that's one of my major reference points. I think about Seal. Seal Henry. You know. Mm-hmm. Seal thinks he's one thing that we think he's something else. You know. Right. He thinks he's doing R and B. Right. Right. I'm an R&B singer. Yeah, he he thinks he's making black music, and he is. Right, because he's but black. But it's black British music. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's know? like, ah, it's black, it's black music. You're a black dude, but it's black British music. Right, right, right. You know, ain't nobody from you know the South Side of Chicago or from the Bronx or from. You know, from from uh, Compton talking about you know la da 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 limousines and sycophants. No, no one's they're not doing that over there. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying nobody's using the word sycophant in a song. Exactly. Who's making American black music or American you know soul music or arm? Nobody, nobody's doing that. Exactly. Nobody's doing that. Exactly. Props to you for making it work. So. killed it and because you because to me in the beginning you were that new um not defined genre so to speak i mean you were you had a genre definitely which you're coming from but but it was adult contemporary but it didn't feel it didn't feel like it was old you know i think i think a lot of of times certain kinds of genres make you feel old you know to me r&b makes me feel old I mean, it may, it may, I'm sure there's, of course, there's a lot. This is the concept behind it makes me feel old. It's not the mm-hmm. music itself. Rhythm and blues. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it's kind of gone beyond that now at this point, I think, to some degree, you know. But it's going to have reverence for your, for your past and not totally get rid of the, throw the, throw the, the roots away, tear the roots away from the, from the soil because you need the roots in order to, to grow and cultivate. But anyway, I'm just saying, you know, it comes down to, to creative, creative artists like Seal. It's like, regardless of what, you know, he may think he is, you know, he becomes something else according to what, you know, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, right? It's like, and I'm not, yeah. trying, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to mention, I'm not trying to diminish what, what he is either. Cause what he is, is great, you know, but when you have to go back to doing albums based on, you know, cover, cover tunes and cover songs, like, ah, bro, enough of that. What happened to your cutting edge? What happened to the, you know, but if only you could see them, we know from their faces, they were Kings and Queens, follower princes and princesses, you know, when it comes to the future power people, how do you go from that to doing a Sam Cooke cover? You, you don't, bro. Now that your rose is in bloom, a light hits the gloom on the grave. So let, let's end it with this, man. I've got two examples in in different you know in different uh, mediums, mm-hmm. and I want us to try to categorize them and 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 give them a genre as best we can. Ooh, okay. Even if we have to, even if it has to be multi hyphenate, <laughs> let's try to figure out what what genre these are and what categories uh, these are. And the categories, I mean, it's kind of simple, but you know, um, let's start with films. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Now these are both feature films because they're longer than forty minutes. Okay. Okay. What genre 
is Star Wars. I mean, it's. Be concise. Be concise. I mean, does it make it my own words? Is what's already there? No, what you what you would call it? What would you if you were trying to tell somebody it's a blank blank film, a blank blank movie, or a blank movie? Oh yeah, it's a science fiction fantasy uh, space opera. Okay. Yeah. See, I would call it a fantasy adventure. Okay. Okay. For me, it's less about sci-fi. Okay. And more for me, more about adventure. But you would say science fiction, fantasy, space opera. Yeah. Or more, or more correctly, it'd be like fantasy, science fiction, space opera. Because the fantasy is it, fantasy is, is a focus. Fantasy, science fiction. Okay. Because it, okay. because it is a focus. I mean, fantasy. You're talking about the force. You're talking about galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know that. But then you have those elements of science fiction, of course, which is with uh, you know start start with the with the with the sorry the, the space battles and the and the, and the, the space lightsabers. battles, the ships, lightsabers, the outfits. Right, right. And then you have, of course, the opera being you know the the banner back and forth between the coming of age and et cetera, et cetera. Good, and, good and evil mentors, uh, rebel forces, and things right. of that nature. Right. Po- politics. Sure. So, okay. All right. Okay. So what is Akira? (sighs) A tour de force. No, Akira, Akira is a, it is that, (laughs) uh, Akira is a teenage futuristic dystopian cyberpunk. It's a lot of hyphens, Joe. It is, yeah, but it's just what, it's what it is. It's it's a, it's a, it's it's um, it's dystopian first, it's cyberpunk second, and it's teenage third. Okay. Yeah, with a, with a hint of, uh, of course, uh, sci-fi, science fiction, and and fantasy. Yeah. So it's got those different, yeah. Well, can, I mean, it can't be all of it, yo. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it kind of, it kind of. I mean, think it kind of does though, because you're you're looking at less less fantasy than it is, you know, than it is you know science fiction. I think, I think your first your first run through was was I agree wholly, teenage dystopian cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. You know, I forgot what else you said, but science fiction. Uh, yeah, but I I agree. It, it is it is. Many of those things, and probably in equal parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably in equal parts. Okay, let's take it to television. Okay. Okay. All right. And w- whichever iteration you want to speak to, you can. Okay. What is Battlestar Galactica? Oh. Uh, what is BSG? Again, dystopian science fiction. There's a political thing in there as well, right? Yeah, dystopian science fiction. Yeah, dystopian science fiction. Um, huma- humanity's exodus. You know, uh, you can't put exodus. That's not, but, but uh, um, I think it's called exegesis. But uh, huma- humanity's um, struggle. It's it's very human. People think. It's, it's, so if you if if you were going to hyphenate it and you could only use two descriptors, which one would it be? Um, which two would it be? Rather, I should say. Dystopian space opera. Okay, I like that. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. A dystopian yeah. space opera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Stay. Stay. Stay with TV. Okay. What is Stranger Things? Oh, Stranger, Stranger Things is fun as shit, dude. Stranger Things is fun, yo. Other than Goonies, right? Right. What is Stranger right. Things? <laughs> Stranger Things is fun, yo. Um, 
it's a uh, it's a radical reimagining of the eighties science fiction. Uh, no, well, no, no, you're describing it. What is what right? genre does it fit in? What genre does it fit? Yeah, in? yeah. Uh, it fits into. Um, I'll give you an eighties version. Of what, what what they would say it was man. They, they they would call it a um. How do they say it in the eighties? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It'd be like a a horror rock and roll um, gore fest. <laughs> um, I would call it a like teenage fantasy horror. Yeah, it's like a teenage horror fantasy or something like that. It's uh, or uh, something like that. It's definitely horror. Yeah, it's definitely teenage. There's sure. definitely they're they're obviously they're teenagers and that plays a large part of the story. Right. Uh, supernatural horror, teenage horror, something along those lines. Yeah. T- t- you know what I mean? Teenage, teenage supernatural horror. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Teenage supernatural horror. Okay. All right. Let's take it to music. Okay. A Tribe Called Quest. Oh. Now, now what category are they and what genre are they? Okay. Are they rappers? Are they hip hop? Are they? Would you consider them just to be musicians? I mean... Genre, hip hop and rap obviously would be, but ra- are they rappers? Are they MCs? Are they a band? Oh, are they a group? You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. That would be more the category. And then the genre would be, is it rap? Is it hip hop? Is it R&B? Is it, what is it? Okay. Well, they're, okay. Feeling they, they are a band. They're a group, you know, group, group is a band. Well, right? which, which one though? Cause we categorize bands and groups differently. Okay. Okay. Bands usually play instruments. Groups usually that's, don't that's, play that's instruments. That's very true. So they're a group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're a group. They're a group. Um, they're definitely um, um, hip hop because at the time, at the time, they were they were the tip of the spear. They, there was a time when everybody was trying to do what they were doing. You know, wearing the the, the bat, wearing the, the kufi, the kufi this and the and the and the baggy, you know, this and the sandals this. You know, yeah, um, very bohemian and socially conscious. Yeah, and, very. You know, um, and, and thoughtful. Exactly. Yeah. Very much uh, um, the whole th- the whole concept behind the native tongues to me was. Was what I, I gravitated towards, you know. That that was their their genre, in a lot of ways. So it was it was a sub subgenre. So it was it was well, that was that was that was actually a subgroup because that was their own little collective. So you can't really call that a genre. Yeah, that's not a genre. But this is what I was going to say though. Like to me, it you know that what they were doing was hip hop, but what they were doing was really the early beginnings of what we would call like backpack rap now. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. People, who, you know, you know, guys and gals who are smart, who are thoughtful, who are not gangster, who are not from the streets in the sense of I'm trying to only talk about what happens in the streets. You know, they were, there was an elevated thinking right. that goes along with it so that, you know, eventually you do get a Talib Kweli and um, you do get a Lupe. You do get, you know, um, Andre 3000 mm-hmm. and uh, Jean Grey and, and other people, you know, after that. It's like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. I get that. I see what this is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and shouts out to Dela. I mean, Dela. Dela is the for, is a, is a forerunner yeah. for that for me. As far as like, I heard, I heard Dela before I heard. I think I heard Benita Applebaum just after I heard um, Three Feet High and Rising or uh, okay. Three is a Magic Number. All right, moving on. Okay. Oh, speaking of which, you talking about Dela's uh, rest in peace to the late Trugoy the Dove, Dave. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Uh, who passed away recently. And also, too, for anybody who's a fan of uh, De La Soul, mm-hmm. I believe their albums are going to be streaming in March mm-hmm. next month. Yeah, uh, they'll, they'll be available for streaming. They haven't been for a long time because they, they got caught up in uh, 
legal and some licensing and legal stuff but uh they got all that ironed out so they'll be available to stream so you can hear stakes is high and three feet high is rising and balloon mind state and all that stuff and you need to on uh yeah on apple music and spotify but moving on okay what category is missy elliott and what genre is she missy is a melding of well category category she's she i mean for lack of a better term she is r&b you know no but what well that's the genre that's the genre what category is she she is i would say she's a singer and a rapper and a songwriter okay she's a she's a triple threat hyphenate singer rapper songwriter because she can do all of them okay i give you that okay yeah i mean i would say that too i mean she's she's yeah because she's very imaginative and she's got her own thing Missy's like one of those, I got her own, her own, you know, vibe. But would you call her R&B? I wouldn't call her soul, you know? No. Uh, but, but, why wouldn't she be hip-hop? Because she does rap. Uh, or or would she be rap, which you say is a different thing from hip-hop, Sue? So would, would she be rap or oh. rap and B? <laughs> no, oh, see, see, she can't right, have me here. Right? <laughs> yeah, because right. <laughs> you, you go. know they had for a while there. You know you had Sierra and uh, Little John and all that, and they referred to that as Crunkin' B. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. No, man. I, I, I mean. She's just like I mean, she's contemporary soul music, bro. It's contemporary contemporary uh, R and B, contemporary R and B. I agree, because because I mean, for I for me, she I mean, she doesn't rap, and she she raps for a couple bars, and that's it, or maybe maybe a, maybe a, maybe a two and a half bars, three bars, and she's done. No, she's got whole songs where she raps. But okay. go ahead, but yeah, but it's not, but she's not doing it like, it's not doing a matter which is like considered to be like, it's not, it's not it's not a hardcore like 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 like. Hard, see, but see, these categorizations and these 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 differences mean something to you, but they're hard to articulate. She's got whole songs where she raps. Okay, she's got whole songs that you know where she's rapping the whole time. That's true. Is it worth it? And then she's singing on the hook. Is it worth it? Is it saying nothing can interrupt it? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive, it's why I need to It's your primitive, it's why I need to If you got a big, let me search it. To find out how hard I gotta work yeah. It's your primitive, it's why I need to But she, but I agree with you. It is contemporary R&B with elements of rap in it. But it's never felt like what I think from the 90s moving forward, what hip-hop would be. Mm-hmm. It's never felt like hip-hop. Mm-hmm. It always felt like... She, as a matter of fact, she has always felt like her own genre, to be completely honest. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, where it's it's really about what she's doing as opposed to what is happening around her in terms of her contemporaries. Agreed. So. Okay, I, I, got one, I, got one, I got one for you. I got one for you. What's up? What is, what is, what is Massive Attack to you? Electronica. Okay, interesting. Either, just electronica. They're, so they're not they're not that quote unquote trip hop thing to you. That's that's been categorized as. Uh, it wasn't even a category. No, until... for some reason it feels different. Okay, like trip hop feels more like tricky. Yeah, Portis Head. Okay, Massive Attack feels. It's it it just feels like electronica. 
as it was, you know, coined as a genre or as the genre was was coined in in the 90s. Right. That's what it feels like to me for some reason. I don't know I don't know why I differ it, but I do. How how, how does Portishead feel more like trip hop to you than 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 Massive Attack? Portishead doesn't have any Portishead doesn't really they don't really rhyme, do they? No, but the beats feel more like hip hop to yeah, me though. Yeah, they're, they're, they're grungier. I think that's what it is. The beats feel like they're the grungier. Yeah, like they're, they're like they're 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 like like spice together. I, I, it's hard for yeah, it's hard for me to put it into words. But the beats feel more like hip hop. Yeah, with the singing and all the other stuff that they do with it, and they're more reliant on samples. Yeah, and weird. Yeah, when they, more hip hop origin originated sounds. To puncture what you're saying, when they first came with sour times, sir. You can tell me shit. That, that, that was brilliant, yo. Yeah. That was brilliant. I like you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last two, and we're out of here. Okay. All right. What is Claire Winling? What kind of category artist is she? And what genre is she? Um, fantasy. And I agree. That's the genre. What category of artist is she? Um, is she an animator? Is she a illustrator? Is she a? Uh, she's not a comic artist. I don't, I don't guess she's ever done comics. Um, she is a. She's a beast. We know that. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. She is. Um, she's elegant. She's a. Um, like a pencil whisperer, yo. Yeah. Okay, but um, you're being all poetic and all okay, that. Okay, no, but... As a category, like if you gotta, like in other words, you gotta be able to say what Claire Winling is so that you can say, hey, and if you like Claire Winling, yeah. you might like this person too. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's the point of the categorization. Okay. Oh, right, from yes. a positive so, sense. So, so, the, so from a positive so sense. So you can find more where she does, right? Right, right. Um, she is a... Um, I don't know what, what do you, what do you call N.C. Wyeth? He's an illustrator. Okay, so that's what she is. You know, that's what she is. She's a, okay. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Wikipedia calls her a French author. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> a French comics author. Now, author or auteur? This it's author. I mean, okay. it's not auteur. Okay. They're saying author. Okay, okay. That's very short sighted. <laughs> They obviously don't know. But, what... I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, she's known for. She's done some video game work. She's known for her her books. Mm-hmm. She might be a tough one to define because I'm I'm less familiar. Like I only have like a few a few of her books, and I've got you know tons of images on you know in a file on my computer. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm just less familiar. Like I know Annette Marna. You know she does illustration work and she does. Uh, she's worked as an animator and. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are others, you know, um, other French artists, you know, who I follow. And, and a lot of them do comics. They just do comics in France. You know, they do, you know, those 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 large, you know, really complete graphic novels and, you know, mm-hmm. those long form stories. But, OK, moving on. We'll leave Claire Winling as a, as a question mark. She's an, an enigma. Uh, well, let's say this. So she's a she's a she's a, she's a, a comics artist, with a French comics author. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's weird, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Okay, last one. Last one. Okay. What category is Ian McCaig 
And what genre does he work in? Oof. That's my man right there, yo. <laughs> That's my man's, yo. That's my man's in them, yo. Straight up. Yeah, man. Put some respect on his name. Love seeing you, McCake, man. Just a wonderful guy, man. Genuine creative force, man. This this guy, man, is like... Uh, I would say he is a classic concept artist. Yeah. Not that he can't do other things, but he is a classic. He is a concept artist and a storyteller. Yeah, if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna look up, try to find more of his stuff, that's where you that's where you see him. You see him in a classic in a, in a classic, but a little more than that, a classic, authentic, concept artist. And okay, I just still would say concept artist. Okay, I mean because classic is not a genre or category. Authentic is not a category. Concept artist is a category. Okay. So in terms of category, I still would say concept artist. Okay. He has it in the illustration. Yes, he has. Yeah. Has Oof. he done comics? No. Uh, not that I'm aware of anyway. Right. Um, but I would just consider him a concept artist. I think you're in agreement. Just you want to heap a little more onto it. but Because, yeah, man, because he's, he's a man, yo. I miss guy. I can draw anything, but, bro. But what, what genre does he work in? I'm I'm just gonna say fantasy and science fiction. Yeah, fantasy and science fiction. That's where you find this stuff. But I mean, I mean, it's just not it's not spectacular sounding because there, there's so many fantasy and science fiction artists out there. But you know the difference when you see his work. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's got he's got that edge, man. And when he puts Natalie Portman into the the character of Padme Amidala, yo, and does that dress that he that he's so famous for at the end of of, of her dying on on Naboo, you'll you'll know. Okay, this is. When when you when you change when you when you create something that's so strong that George Lucas says no that's a little too a little too strong can you, can you, can you, as far as being evil goes and can you, tempt, can you bring it back a little bit and you can create a brand new look for a brand new race inside of Star Wars being you know Darth Maul's race that's when you're like doing something bro I mean look I I say this much yo hmm? when Skylar was really big into Star Wars which was for about two years right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, less so now. Now she's more into anime than anything, in manga than anything else. Right. She still likes. She still loves Star Wars, but I mean, she was really into it. Like. Right. And I remember telling her, because she was she loved the prequels and she had a crush on it. Um, uh, the actor who played Anakin, I forgot his name. Right. Uh, uh, Christian. Uh, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, she had a crush on Hayden Christensen, and I remember I told her, and this was one of the times I re- I got like cool dad points. Right. Well, she was talking about the prequels and how much she loved them, and then she and I told I said, well, I said you know, I'm friends with the guy who designed Padme and Darth Maul, right? And she was like, <gasps> nice. <laughs> and she was like, you know, famous people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.